Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. Welcome back, Chelsea fans. We've got a special midweek pod for you this week. We're going to be coming at you here on this uh, Wednesday night as we lead into a busy week of Christmas. Um, what are we at? The ninth, tenth match of this of this month so far, Nick. They, uh, it's almost hard to keep up with at this point. Yeah, it's it just feels like we did our our really fun pod on Sunday with Chris Fowler, Dan, and now we're we're back in the saddle on a Wednesday night. Uh, it's uh, it's been a hell of a week. Yeah, I could definitely use some uh, some Carabao right now. Mm. Or actually just some, some Red Bull. Red Bull will be perfectly fine. Coffee, even, like I have. I think you got to play nice for the sponsors, Dan. You know, you got to. Yeah, yeah, Dan. Stop. Wait, Stop we, we, we didn't draw Bristol City, so I, I feel like the sponsor favor hasn't aligned uh, in our corner yet. I mean, yeah. it could have been worse. I mean, it's not best, but it's not worse. We definitely got, like the middle option of them all. Uh, but we're not as bad as ESPN FC, who kept calling it the Caribou Cup. 
uh, just really not trying at all. They were at all <laughs> yesterday. So, uh, anyways, gentlemen, welcome back. As as we've mentioned, uh, we are here hanging out with you guys midweek. Uh, so just jumping in right away, we do have some iTunes reviews. Dan, uh, four to be specific. Yeah, four or five stars, so 20 stars in total. Uh, Mario would be proud. But uh, Cole in Cleveland, CSC Blues 69, Eric Zuna, and TJ Bernard uh, all left a little five star review on iTunes. And as always, you do that, we give you a shout out. So, uh, special, yeah. uh, special shout out to, to Cole in Cleveland who, uh, who messaged us or uh, commented on, on our Ohio Blues post and said, hey, left you guys a little something special. And I was like, ah. Thanks, Cole. So there you go. It's the perfect stocking stuffer for uh, the London's Blue podcast. If you're thinking about us during this holiday period, a uh, five-star review. Kind of like leaving something in our stocking. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And then obviously we um, give a shout out to Jay with a big $5 support on Patreon. So again, thanks to everyone who is supporting us. We really appreciate it. Um, and then the last thank you that we have, as always, Nick, is uh, World Soccer Shop. They are giving back, and we want to make sure all of our listeners don't miss out on this opportunity. That's right. Uh, For uh, the next, what is today, the 20th, the next five days, uh, they are doing a $100 gift card sweepstakes. So you could find out uh, right uh, on Christmas or a little bit thereafter. Uh, Dan, if if you've won $100 to go peruse the site, I mean, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's $100 on uh, potentially this year's kit or some some great gear, maybe a new pair of boots. You know, basically the things that your family didn't buy you this holiday season. So uh, go to worldsoccershop.com for all the important details. Awesome. Well, here we go. Uh, Bournemouth match review. It was the League or Carabao Cup, depending on how traditional you are versus commercial. We were at Stanford Bridge. It was December 20th this past Wednesday. Blues 2, Cherries 1. Mark... Huge shout out for the correct prediction on Facebook. Uh, we only had three predictions, but he was the only one who got it right. So way to go, Mark. Uh, one Dan, out of three. Dan, lineup changes. Eight of them is what Conte yeah. made. We predicted on Sunday that there would be quite a few changes. Not this many, though. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to have a really, really strong lineup. And then you see you know, Caballero in goal, which is excellent. Little Rudiger, Ampadu, Cahill. Zappacosta, Drinkwater, Fabregas, Kennedy. Uh, Alonzo was suspended um, for one match. Yellow card accumulation. William, Bashuai, Pedro. Then you also had a bench of Murata, Hazard, Bakayoko, Clark Slater, Eduardo, Sterling, and Hudson Adoy. So definitely saw a lot of uh, youth sprinkled throughout their, uh, their Nicholas and uh, quite the, uh, the interesting selection. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I actually, I mean, when we were talking about this on Sunday, I thought this could very well be the opportunity um, for some of the younger guys. I mean, we'll get into it later. It's a shame that uh, Clark Salter and, and Hudson Adoy and uh, Sterling couldn't really have a shot at, at seeing any real match time. But, uh, you know, overall, I mean, I think it was a good chance to rest Dave, a good chance to rest N'Golo Conte. Like a lot of uh, rest to be shared around. Uh, Mark Alonso had some forced rest, and uh, and so hopefully these guys are ready to go on uh, on Saturday against Everton. Well, I mean it's fifty fifty percent possession. I was 
pretty tight. Um, Bournemouth yeah. actually outshot Chelsea twelve to seven, but both of us had two on goal. Um, I mean, Chelsea with zero corner kicks to Bournemouth's eight. This just kind of gives you an idea of how the match went. Uh, I'll get into it more, but it wasn't easy to say the least. But thankfully, 13th minute, Kennedy's back heel finds Fabregas with tons of space to run into the box. Uh, he squared it beautifully, Nick, to William. And um, it was a finish you'd expect him to make. But, I mean, the ball is bouncing on his weaker left foot. I mean, he did well to finish. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a sexy goal overall. I mean, I, th- I think you uh, you start with the back heel. Um, you know, the, I think Kennedy deserves a lot of credit for the way that he played in this game. I mean, it's been a while since he's seen the field. And I think this back heel and some of his other attacking movement was, was really solid. Uh, Fabregas makes his run into the space, and I think he, uh, Danny makes the goalkeeper um, forces 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 hand a little bit. Goalkeeper comes out. It would have been a very hard shot to chip over. Instead, square ball to William, who uh, just a nice little tappy tap in. Yeah, I think you're forgetting the fact that uh, captain leader, uh, not yet near legend Gary Cahill, though, was the one who spotted Mishi kind of in the middle, set up Mishi, then set up Kennedy. So, I mean, there was a good amount of contribution for this goal. You know, it was definitely a team goal all around, which was nice to see. Absolutely. So she gets like the like an assist four times removed. Is that right? <laughs> I guess. Sure. Credit. Credit where credit's due. It's the, the, the most impact he had on the full 90 minutes. The most, uh, the, the most partial <laughs> of credit is he could get. Uh, well, it took to the 90th minute for the next one to come. Obviously, it came from Bournemouth. Chelsea just couldn't clear a corner kick. Uh, Bournemouth won the second ball, squared it to the top of the box, and Gosling, uh, you know, pretty simple finish to the inside of the foot, curling it into the side netting. Just not a lot of pressure on the ball, Dan. Everyone overcommitted to the initial ball in the near post, completely left our backside and top of the box open. There was a moment where you saw the way that Alonso's reverse header was, because typically it's going towards goal. Uh, his his header away from goal not not quite as wonderful because it just landed perfectly for Borbit to kind of continue pressing into the box and you know just a little outside the range of where uh, Caballero was to to close it down. So, but it w- but it wasn't too long, Brandon, until uh, until Chelsea set everything right. No, literally, uh, the camera was still showing replays on TV. All of a sudden, they had to quick cut to essentially a goal celebration. Uh, Fourteen nine, seconds. Ninety first minute. Seconds. Uh, literally off the ensuing kickoff, Chelsea uh, strung together a few passes. Uh, obviously, Zappacosta um, hit a ball into Morata's feet. Knowing Chelsea, we can only score off back heel, so he flicked it to Hazard into space. Hazard said, we need more than one back heel this time. So then he back heeled it back to Morata. Nobody tracked him at all, Nick. And uh, he just got there in time, though. Yeah, I, I mean... At this point, I was so mad uh, with the total second half performance that it was just it was this goal was funny to me, to be honest with you, because they had played so abjectly poor uh, for the last 45 minutes that, of course, all you have to do is just pick up the ball from the center circle and a couple of backheel flicks. And now we're in on goal and winning the match uh, in, a, in a weird, shitty fashion. Um, I, I don't know. I, Dan, this was, uh, you know, obviously you'll celebrate any goal, especially a goal that, um, 
Mr. Hair Gel himself will uh, Murata will put away. But uh, yeah, I, I was feeling many emotions at this point. The the fact was that the defenders were only tracking Hazard as he ran up in through the box. And so he pulled two away. And one of them should have started looking in the other direction because they basically gave Murata a free pass into the box and you know, really just kind of bounced that ball right between Borges' legs. And you know, then we had a nice little goal celebration. We got a little yellow card for Murata. You know, he gets suspended for one game because of accumulation. So so stupid. Just, just so a, stupid. A, a wonky game there, Nick. But I think, Brandon, there's uh, there were some highlights, though. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Um, but I think Bournemouth had essentially accepted extra time and were waiting for it. And they turned off because the fact that Zappacosta's pass to Murata beat their entire midfield. And then their defense completely overcommitted to the Hazard run. Like, Bournemouth is going to look back at that on film and not be happy at all because that can, was a soft goal. Can I can I quickly say, just as a, a performance as a whole, we've just, you know, we've covered the goals and some of my feelings about this. The performance as a whole was shit. Um, it was, uh, especially in the second half, Bournemouth cared a hell of a lot more than the players for, for Chelsea cared. And it was very evident that a team, uh, you know, that was supposed to be resting players and getting ready for a really tough weekend at Everton w- thought that a one, one nil at half was just going to get it done. Uh, there, and, and it made me very upset because if you think about Bournemouth's team who they weren't even playing, they were like, f- you know, first strength 11, they were bossing the whole game in the second half and uh, they, they showed more effort and they were closing down space and Sesc Fabregas, one of the best passers in Premier League history, couldn't complete uh, what you would call in FIFA an A ball to any near person. It, it was it was unbelievably abject. And <clears throat> I would say quickly on that, like, I think that Antonio Conte has a lot of looking around to do in the locker room after this. You know, I think that it's not guaranteed that we're supposed to make the final of this against city. Um, you know, I, I think you could look around the league and not see two better teams, but still like it's tough city barely won yesterday uh, against Leicester Dan and, and we barely scraped through against Bournemouth. I mean, this, if you're playing a competition, you have to play it. And I don't feel like the players really wanted to be there. And then you saw United lose to Bristol city. Right. And exactly. they're, it's a really terrible balance you have to run, especially when you're in four competitions and you have players who are suspended or injured. And, you know, I think there was talk today about how Zappacosta is still not fully healthy and nursing an injury. Drink water is building his bay back into kind of a comfort or confidence there. Bashwai is a man out of time in his, his role. And it just was a, a very disjointed starting 11. And, yeah, I think ultimately, even after kind of a, a couple of substitutes uh, in the, the 60th minute, it really didn't restore. I, I think ultimately Bournemouth just built into the game and built into the game. And you know, all, all credit to them. They, they made it difficult for Chelsea in a way that they, they shouldn't have been able to if uh, we had just kind of been, again, put one or two more shots on target and was it, were able to potentially convert them. Yeah, but, but part of it, it's like it's a midweek League Cup match. Like, 
It's I I bet it is hard to get up for. It's cold. You're playing Bournemouth. Like they play negative football. You've got guys coming in on low minutes. You've eight changes. Like the amount of chemistry changes that happens. I mean, I had no idea where Kennedy was playing half the time. Was he wing back? Was is that where he started? Oh, uh, he he and Pedro kept on swapping positions, yeah, which actually was. was which actually was pretty cool. I thought that was really neat to see the, the interplay between the two of them. And that's also what allowed Kennedy to get into the, the central position for the first goal yeah. and then kind of work the ball back. Yeah, I mean, to me, I was just like, it, with all these changes and, and different things, like, that is as serious as Chelsea takes it. And it was definitely ugly. Um, thankfully, we rescued the three points. But, like, from my standpoint... When it comes to these midweek matches in the League Cup and things, like I always want Chelsea to play pretty, but today I was totally happy with three points. Disappointed in like the fact that I sat and watched it, but <laughs> I mean, it, it, three it means points. enhancement, not three points, right? Yeah, that should be that should be the name of the episode. Is disappointed I watched it. <laughs> However, three yeah, points. I mean, Hashtag it, three it points. It was bad though. Like it was bad. Sure. Bournemouth is in the bottom three of the Premier League. They played yep. a, a B-strength squad for their squad. We had Eden Hazard, Marata, Fabregas, and Bakayoko on the pitch at the end of the match, and they barely were able to complete a pass to each other. Like that that's a little worrisome to me beyond like the normal amount of worried, you know, after we have to, you know, do a late winner. You know, this is these are some of the most talented players in their positions in the world. And it was it was Bournemouth's defense that was giving him fits. And to be fair, like we haven't played that great of football, um, you know, and and this kind of weird winning stretch that we've had. But I felt like this was even more frustrating than uh, at the weekend against Southampton, where there were clear chances created. Uh, Chelsea just didn't do a whole lot offensively except sure. for both goals. I mean, it was yeah. it was kind of weird, you know. Okay, well, let's go ahead and pivot to the good. I think this is something that everyone is excited about, and quite honestly, it's the only reason we're even sitting here recording tonight. Uh, yep. Ethan Ampadu, um, we got Instagram messages, tweets on this. V Factor Seven saying we should do an entire episode for Ampadu, please. Um, you know, he we got one from Phil Tran, obviously saying Ampadu is amazing. But let's be real: does he have any chance? Is he good enough to be in our first team? Dude, 17. Like, let's put that into perspective before we get too high or too low on the kid. Uh, I mean, Dan, my only question is, um, did you see his stats? I did, and uh, I'm, I'm very sad to say that I'm announcing the end of uh, the the run as central defender for Andreas Christensen. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's unfortunately <laughs> about to be put out to pasture, uh, uh, much like John Terry was by a, a younger center back. Only 21. Who, so who, sad. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite the early end to his career. And uh, yeah. I, we will take a just a moment of silence for it as we reflect upon the 99% pass accuracy. Oh. The seven clearances, the two interceptions, the three of two or three tackles that were successful. Um, one that ended uh, poor Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> May he rest in peace. <laughs> one of three aerial duels that were successful. He's not tall. It's not going to happen from there. Um, and uh, he, you know, he did earn a foul, but uh, was able to, after earning a foul, I think in the sixth minute, go the rest of the ma- game making some pretty exceptional tackles, Nick. And 
managed to stay on the pitch in what is not a natural position for him, but did very well, all things considered. Yeah, like, are we sure that's on his natural position? Because, you know, <laughs> wow. First of all, I you know, round of applause to this young man. I mean, he, he was one of the few players that showed up today. I th- actually think the whole back line, you know, were kind of the MVPs for me personally. Um, you know, I thought Rudiger played really well and Cahill was all over the place. Um, I think both of those guys really helped him settle initially. You saw a lot of back passes and, you know, things to get him comfortable. But the the commentary was, uh, you know, effusive in their praise of Ampadu. I think anybody who was watching uh, their Twitter timeline just kept seeing praise and praise and praise for Ampadu. Dan, this is something this is someone who who is going to be really special Um and, you know, to play the sweeper role, uh, you know, and, and what your fourth appearance for the club go 90 minutes um, and look as good as he did. That's a big deal. I mean, this especially with no David Luiz right now, this was a, a must play. And I'm, I'm super glad he took advantage of it. I wonder if the hairstyle is contractual, considering the the absence of David Louise. There has to be one defender with a haircut that is completely marketable uh, yeah. per the sure agreement. Who's yeah, marketing like, uh, that? It's I mean, it's gross. <laughs> like the, fa- the, oh, the fake wig, the fake wig makers are. That's who's. Yeah. I mean, look, he he's awesome. You know. Uh, holy shit. <laughs> you know. I don't know. I I was a little speechless, Brandon. To be honest with you, I thought that. You expect a guy like that to really, you know, maybe come out a little too excited and try and do too much, stayed within himself, well, played I very think calm I, passes. I, uh, I think being the sweeper helps. Uh, it's it's a low kind of involvement position for most of the game for the most part, or when he does get it, usually has time and space. He's not in a crowded midfield having to turn with pressure on him, and I think that obviously that helps, and that's why he's 87 for 88 on passing. More impressive to me is the 5 of 6 on those long passes, the fact that he can pick someone out 40 yards down the field. Um, but is he really a sweeper? I don't know. That's my biggest question. We saw him in his debut in the League Cup in the center mid, uh, he closes people down really well. He gets stuck in. He's box to box. But maybe he just kind of has to take the opportunities that he's given, right? Like, we need someone to play sweeper. Yeah. Go Wouldn't step you? in and do it. Of course. I'm just wondering, like, long term, where will he end up? Is he, you know, but this getting him minutes and getting him confidence boosting performances, I think is important. My only question is, I wonder, will he be long term? I mean, geez kids he's a kid right like that's what that's how we're just talking about it but i mean there's there's interesting thought though when you look at what you know conte said about him after the match and that was you know they referencing the fact that he was playing on a yellow card from you know two minutes into the match that it's not easy he had to play 93 minutes of this danger but he showed great maturity and personality and that he's spoken this about this player before in an enthusiastic way despite his young age he's showing great maturity uh, he did highlight, though, that he could play his next game, potentially, for the youth team, that he doesn't know, that the player is very humble, he could have a great future, but he has to continue in this way. So the the typical uh, back and forth, maybe, maybe he will, maybe he won't, maybe he will, waffle, maybe he won't. Waffle, waffle, waffle. Well, you know, the, it, full 90 minutes today, it was great, because even some of the older guys, they get a yellow card, I'm like, uh, is he going to be able to make it? Is he, is he going to hold himself up? But he did. He did great. So, um, again, you know, ton of tweets on an instagram message about that but understandably a so of, a ton of tweets about his challenge on jermaine defoe the, yeah the shin the shin breaker is back dan 
He never yeah, left. We, we saw Shane asking uh, how the flying blank does Ampadu get a yellow, but no yellow for stamping on Drinkwater's ankle. That was that's a really great question. Really great question. We should ask uh, Lee Mason about that. Um, Ampadu <laughs> claims another life. This time, Jermaine Defoe, who is next from uh, a Philadelphia Blue. So that was that was quite wonderful. The only person you have to feel bad for is Clark Salter. Naturally, a center back slash defender has previously been kind of hinted at as a great replacement for a, a Terry by John Terry. So to see him not get a moment to start in this in this way is maybe a little bit a little bit of a disappointing element to it. You could be excited for Empadu, but uh, JCS man, you, you really want to see him get an opportunity, and this would have been one of those moments. And now facing Arsenal in the next round, it probably is not going to come again. All right. Well, another two fringe guys uh, with big minutes there, Mishi and Kennedy. Uh, so, I mean, who had the better match, Mishi or Kennedy? And then, obviously, what's the future look for essentially both of these guys, Nick? Um, Kennedy had the better game. Not even close. By and, far. And I like. I don't know what the future is for either of these guys, but if you were to, if if there were future. Uh, bets or, or known as futures uh, on either one of these, Dan, you would have to put more emphasis on Kennedy. I, I th- This should be a match specifically against a team like Bournemouth who just doesn't have a ton of talent. You know, I think they have a good collection of spirit, but they're not a, a really talented squad. This should be a, a game that Mishi Bachuai bosses and scores a couple of goals and makes some turns and really gives center backs fits. And he did relatively little today to, to impress. He had a couple moments with some decent hold up play. Again, he was a contributing factor to our first goal. So there were some flashes for uh, for. Mishi, but if we think about it like an EKG, those are like the minor minor blips that let you know that like there's a minimal amount of brain activity still going on. <laughs> oh my but God. <laughs> you might need to harvest the body for organs soon. Oh, um, come on. Uh, really? It's, it's, it's Lifeless? Bad. It, Is that how you describe it, his performance? It, you didn't realize he was playing for half, half to, you know, he, hey, he didn't play the whole match. But for the parts that he did play, he really didn't make any level of, of significant yeah. contribution. And, and it sucks. It sucks to think about someone who who's so engaged with the fans, who has been a fan favorite, the way that he's connected more so than any, any current player, uh, maybe because he has a little bit more free time on his hands than others. Who could say? But, oh but you're, he, kill, you're killing the poor man today. Come so on, quick, dude. quick, quick, quick. So did William have a good game, Dan? No, not really. Okay. Not for me. So if William is like on the verge of being a starter and Mishi's not like if William can't perform in this hodgepodge lineup, like but, I but have the, empathy that is, either can Mishi. Yeah, but would William start if Marata and Hazard are both healthy? No. I mean, William is is also been kind of sidelined to the idea of a, of a bit player this season. And, you know, I, I think... Amishi, Awilian, you know, I think these are players that, you know, if Antonio Conte sticks around and if the board and him could work with some level of harmonious nature in coming transfer windows, that you'll you'll see players like them either loaned or sold or, 
you know, not given kind of the future because they're they're not the type of players that he seems like to field. Oh, look, I, I, nobody played well today up front. OK, like I, I don't want to just put it on Mishi. I'm I'm thinking of the League Cup for for any young player or any kind of second string player, Brandon, as an opportunity to shine, to stand out. And like, uh, unfortunately, you know, Kennedy had a couple of good moments. I don't think I don't think anyone's you know, thinking about him at left back on Saturday by any means. And Mishi didn't really do that much, whereas Ampadu definitely did. You know, Ampadu was the opposite of that. He took his chances. Uh, he, he made a statement. This is exactly what this cup competition is for now for Chelsea. I mean, you know, we're just never going to play a full strength 11 unless it's, you know, semifinal final territory and you have a chance to win a cup. All right. Well, shout out to Ugo and Bearded Bard for their questions on Kennedy and then uh, at Chelsea 221609 and Chase on Instagram for Mishi. But I think we want to go ahead and just kind of blow through this one just like the lads did on the pitch. So anything else we missed before we hit the main of the match poll? Dan, Nick? Nope. I know I, I know that uh, Nick called it out earlier, but I would say that both Rudiger and Cahill Put in some excellent performances today, comparative to the the rest of the the pitch. So defense really good, midfield not that great, attack <laughs> toothless for the most part. Yep. All right. Well, let's see how the man of the match poll turned out. Then the tweet was, "It wasn't pretty, but Chelsea are through to the Carabao Cup semifinals." Man of the match, Dan. Uh, at least tell us the options. Yeah, we had a couple. We had Hampadu. Eden's backheel pass, Marat's goal celebration, which to, to take a moment to pause, the fact that he got yellow carded for the goal celebration or the grabbing the think, ball of the hand or for kicking it. Yeah, I think he got, I think it was for the kick of it. And, and that's potentially towards a player, yellow. maybe yeah. not. Yeah, yeah like I, it was, it was stupid. It was so fucking stupid. Like, ugh. Uh, uh, Okay. Anyway, four thousand. And uh, last option, Rudiger. And with sixty-eight percent of the vote, Empadu wins your man on the match poll. And Hazard close with his backheel pass, but not quite enough at seventeen percent. So Rudiger, an actual person, got fourth behind two <laughs> moments. Got it. All right. Well, as we as we all know, uh, Chelsea will be playing Arsenal in the semifinals. On the other side will be Manchester City. Um, versus uh, Bristol. So that's where it stands. Like I said, Bristol would have been best case. Uh, Man City would have been worst two case. Legs. We have to play two legs. Yep, two. home and away against Arsenal. Uh, that's part of the problem with this damn thing. It draws itself out as uh, long as humanly possible. It's like hockey playoffs. Carabao, just roll through this thing, man. I, we, <laughs> I think both, I think all four teams, except, I mean, Bristol obviously wants the gate at home, but like, yeah. God, get it. Like, all right. Um, well, here we go. Uh, we do have, uh, before we hit social media questions, another uh, quick message for you guys on World Soccer Shop. Uh, Nick, Christmas cheer over at World Soccer Shop. Correct. I wrote that in the script. <laughs> Make it easy on me. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah, so if you go to the Chelsea sale page, Dan, on World Soccer Shop, w- would you be able to find some delightful items for, for less than retail markup? That, that would most certainly be the case. So if you're looking for some last-minute gifts, um, please, please don't delay because you are probably running up against some very narrow shipping windows. 
Or you could just order it now and, and maybe not try to see that person on the holiday and then give it to him <laughs> afterwards. Oh, but, we, uh, just, we just missed. Uh, yeah. it was, uh, head over to worldsoccershop.com, though, for some, some great holiday deals on Chelsea gear and much more. All right. Well, first question we have is from Patreon. Obviously, Jay gets to go to the top of the queue with this question. Um, he says, uh, how come we can't make seven passes and score from a kickoff every single week? Hashtag Chebu. Oh my God, wouldn't that be amazing? It's kind of like a FIFA hack. I feel like on FIFA at kickoff, you have like an enhanced chance of scoring. <laughs> That's actually true. Um, well, Jay, um, I hate to disappoint you, but not all teams fall asleep defensively like Bournemouth did while celebrating their own equalizer at the previous end from kickoff. So. Me thinks, Dan, that this was a, a special scenario that may not be replicated for a while. Probably not. You know, you, you have to we, we don't get a chance to play Pedro against Manchester United every week. So, you know, they're, 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 good point. Good they're, point. There's not really the opportunity to score so quickly so often. But uh, twice a year, we, you know, we get that chance at minimum. All right. Next one we have is from at Rahul underscore Wad. Wadwani, apologize. Uh, he says, "How did one? How did Murata get booked for taking the ball and dedicating the goal to his pregnant wife? And two, is he suspended for Everton?" Dan, Mister Technicality here, is he? <laughs> he got the yellow. We can talk about why, but is he sus- suspended for Everton? He is. He will be missing the match, and Hazard will start up top in a three-four-three. Mishi will sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling you what's going to happen. It's not a surprise. We have we have future we have future reader Dan Dormer in the house. Yes, uh, correct. Uh, I, I you've watched enough games of Antonio Conte as manager that there there is some level of predictability to what he's going to do here. Um, and it's unfortunate because actually I thought that was a really cool goal celebration. Nice little nod to you know being a future proud papa. It was good. It was good. I, well done. I mean, he did, he didn't get the. It wasn't for the goal celebration. I, I think we have to be fair and say that it was for the kick. And, um, you know, it was just it's it's so dumb, Brandon. This is such a dumb card, whereas Alonzo's last week, dumb, but also kind of fruitful in the fact that he misses what essentially is our least important match of, yeah. the, of the window. Yeah, like this. This is an important match and it's going to be a, that much tougher now that we don't have him as an option. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, um you know, it, Lee Mason uh, cautioned Bournemouth on their goal celebration as well. So does that go into effect? I don't know if he takes that into account or not, but that's just what it is. Uh, Ad Zanosaurus, love, love this question, said, should Chelsea force a mandatory crossing practice on all of our wingbacks? Perhaps a 12 hours a day crash course for a week? Man, I, like, I am so optimistic for Zappacosta coming good, but Nisar a couple weeks ago kind of crushed my hopes on that when he's just like, yeah, he just might not be good enough. Not his fault. Okay, that cross he put in, they just ballooned out of bounds. Yeah, that kind of made me think Nisar might be right. Dude, he, I mean, he's not fit, and, you know, I think you can say whatever you want about um you know, his first year at Chelsea, it's been very average, I think, to the most part. His attempted cross to hit Murata for the third goal was so poor. And his performance today, 
ugh, like fine, I guess, Dan, but like, ugh, like not very good. There, there's some opportunity to work on those targeting systems. So, uh, training ground, perfect place to do it. All right. Well, that's all we've got. Obviously, you know, short window. It's a quick midweek match. Don't have as much time to get questions in as normal. But thank you, everyone who did. Um, real quick reminder to everyone: thanks to XL Tours, we are going back to London. Dan, this time against Tottenham Hotspur, big rivalry match. Yeah, not often you can go to uh, Stamford Bridge and guarantee yourself uh, a victory, but uh, you can go <laughs> watch uh, Chelsea continue their, their reign of form uh, at home against Tottenham, uh, not losing, pretty much always winning, but uh, never losing since the, the 50s against Tottenham at home. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. And, hey, if you're looking for a last-minute gift still for someone, and you're like, man, I, they probably could use a 50 or 100 or some odd amount of money towards a trip. Uh, hit us up. We'll connect you with the great team at XL Tours, and we can find a way to get them started on a little uh, little fund to make the trip with us. So we'd love to have that happen. Just uh, hit us up. In 27 years um, since they've won at the bridge in the league. Uh, so this is an opportunity, Dan, um, that is going to be special. Uh, my last point on the uh, XL Tours thing is you're guaranteed to get a ticket which these are going to be really, really tough to come by by the end of the year, um, unless Spurs continue to drop into like 18th place, which would be fine, by the way. That would be okay. You could have been there to watch Spurs secure relegation. Yeah, let's relegate (laughs) them in March. Biggest stadium for a uh, championship team. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, yeah. Speaking of unbeaten runs, we play Everton. This weekend, and Sam Allardyce is unbeaten as Everton's manager. And we're going to Goodison Park this coming Saturday, December 23rd. Seriously, Dan, terrible time to catch Everton. The dreaded Big Sam effect. Looking forward to the press conference where he talks about the commitment of the lads and how hard they're working on the training <laughs> ground. <laughs> oh, this is awful. And yeah. Wayne, Wayne Rooney in a little bit of form, too. Scoring some goals, which is, which is not a good thing. and They're penalties. Come on. Or yeah, half-field screamers. He's still scoring them. He's still scoring them. That's okay. Good for him. Well, Big Sam um, has a pretty decent record against Chelsea. He, he does best against Arsenal. Um, or I'm sorry, not saying it. Anyways, against Chelsea um, in 27 matches, Big Sam has won five, drawn six, lost 16. And you have to remember, he wasn't it him who beat us with Crystal Palace at the, towards the end of last season? Yes. That was miserable. Yeah. That's, you know, and again, he's beating Chelsea with poor, terrible, you know, bottom of the league teams so it'll be interesting as you can see uh our form guide here nick technically everton are in better form than chelsea in the last five matches because they drew we've lost correct um this is difficult Uh, you know dan i really i really don't know um how we're gonna play it on on saturday i think that when you look at the finishing uh, in our last two matches, I mean, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. Um, you know, obviously Huddersfield is uh, a blip within this last month of us, you know, taking our chances fully. Uh, you would hope that the the front three of uh, Hazard, William, and Pedro can 
cause some trouble, but right now it's it's difficult to see. Yeah, you're going to want to watch out for, on the, the opposite side, Gilfie Sigurdsson, also seeming to find a little bit of form right now. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, always someone who likes to likes to give Chelsea a little bit of some fit action there. So, again, you know, not, not a great time to be playing him, but defense has been extremely strong. So you look at a, a, probably a Cahill, Christensen, Aspilqueta with Thibaut Courtois between the sticks, N'Golo Conte playing, which is, you know, the, the human silencer. You know, he just kind of shuts everything down. And I think we'll find a way to make it through. I think it's not necessarily, especially missing Morata, I think that's where you would have really liked to see the top two of Morata and Hazard again continuing to find form, especially as we head into the the end of this December, but still a couple of matches in pretty quick succession. But yeah, I think I think we'll get a win. I think we'll get three points. It's kind of interesting. Everton and Chelsea have actually played uh, four of the same opponents in the last five matches. Um, you know, they smashed West Ham. We lost West Ham. We both beat Newcastle, Swansea, and Huddersfield. And then they drew Liverpool, which is obviously a great result on the road going to Anfield and, and picking up a point, especially just coming off the dreaded run they were on beforehand. So, you know, we'll see. Obviously, Big Sam knows how to set up a team. Chelsea are still depressingly going on a win streak. I mean, it just it hurts to see us as fans sometimes, but... I don't know. Hopefully we get a little bit of momentum off this. You know, a little bit of excitement from Conte on the sideline, uh, a little bit of swag from the players, maybe some of those quick passes around the top of the box, and you get a couple early goals, and uh, it'll blow the game wide open. So we'll kind of see what happens. But, you know, it's crazy. You know, with Chelsea's form as of recent, we're still going into these matches, like tiptoeing and kind of being conservative, you know, not like last year we were like, smashed them. How many? Three or four this time. Um, it's it's a lot different. So we'll kind of see how it goes. Man City deflated the league a little bit by just putting everything out of reach. But uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, we still have anything to get excited for this Saturday. So um, anything else you guys want to touch on that? Should we do final thoughts? Do, do you think there's some karmatic backlash for Big Sam? Because he was the last manager to feel the side against Paul Clements, Swansea. Who oh. now has been sacked? Yeah, in the universe of manager karma, I feel like that probably has a little bit of a uh, an impact potentially, and uh, just keep an eye out for that. Well, how would Chelsea do after they beat West Brom and uh, Pools got sacked? Not, not really that well. <laughs> so I mean, it's uh, they, we could be onto something, Dan. I mean, you totally. You know, could be digging at something. I don't know. We'll have we, to obviously, we, we lost we'll, we'll, that we'll match. We'll, we'll, we'll was that Crystal Palace right after that? No, I mean uh, Hudson had been in charge for two matches before that. But Ooh. yeah. All right. Well, that's some insight that you're not getting anywhere else. All right. Um, all right. Well, let's <laughs> go ahead and wrap right. this. What we call it now. Okay. <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap it up, gentlemen. Um, final thoughts from you guys, um, uh, Dan. We'll go ahead and kick it off with you. I will say that there have been some some leaks of a potential uh, kit for next season, yeah. the 2018-2019, and it uh, looks like yellow may be the make it make it a strong comeback there, Nick, for the away kit, and I think it looks super sharp. If that render is anything to be believed, whew, yes, 
it, it is sexy. Uh, yellow is my favorite awake color. So I'm hoping that is the case. Uh, my uh, final thought would be, again, uh, we we had such good feedback about the Chris Fowler episode on Sunday. Um, please share it with your friends. Please share it with your colleagues. We, we really, really enjoyed that and uh, hope to continue to raise our game with the, with the guest situation. So any suggestions, any people you'd want to see, hit us up. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. As we said, uh, another midweek episode, just trying to keep them coming, trying to keep up with the games as best we can. So we thank you all for listening. Uh, please keep sharing the episodes. Uh, we're having another fantastic season, uh, essentially just reaching more and more Chelsea fans. You can almost use this to help recruit your friends into, you know, supporting Chelsea. So with that being said, uh, until next time, Chelsea fans, keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop, make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. The London is Blue podcast presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.